welcome to the No Nonsense Anti-Racism Podcast. Today is February 16th, and we are going to talk about Canada's immigration policies, part one. Canada's image on immigration is a kind one globally. After all, we are a country of immigrants. If you aren't of Indigenous heritage, then at one point in your family's lineage, you were a new arrival to these lands. Many would describe Canada as a melting pot, and you'd be absolutely right. I'm so proud to have grown up in a multicultural society. My close friends growing up were Vietnamese, Trinidadian, East African, Sri Lankan, Chinese, and Canadian. Any authentic food you could want was just a phone call away. Feel like having sushi tonight? Or Indian, maybe Italian food. Especially in Toronto, where I was born and raised, Multiculturalism is in our DNA. Toronto is one of, if not the most multicultural city in the world. Although I'm proud of this aspect of our society, it's easy to forget that people of color haven't always been welcome to come to Canada. As we've covered in past episodes, Black people arrived in Canada in the early 17th century, mostly from the United States as slaves or newly freed people. And although we say proudly that Canada was the last stop on the Underground Railroad, there were many Canadians throughout history who were not happy about their arrival. And you could say this is an issue that has never gone away. Of course, this extends to many immigrants, but we'll be discussing the challenges the Black population in particular have faced. In 1910, Black people were facing renewed discrimination in Oklahoma, United States. I'm saying renewed because it was getting worse, but it was always there. And at the time, Canada was actively seeking new immigrants to settle the land as farmers for free. Well, this seemed promising for the Black Americans who hoped to start a new life in Canada. The only catch is that they weren't white. Canada wanted European and white Americans, not Black people. Communities in the prairies were outraged that Black people were trying to enter the country. Community organizations called emergency meetings. This was quoted from a pamphlet. We view with alarm the continuous and rapid influx of Negro settlers. This immigration will have the immediate effect of the discouraging white settlement in the vicinity of the Negro farms and will depreciate the value of all holdings within such areas. This led to something called the Immigration Act of 1910. This act gave the government expanded powers to control who could come into the country and who could be deported. It gave the governor and council the ability to make orders or regulations that prohibited, quote-unquote, immigrants belonging to any race deemed unsuited to the climate or requirements of Canada. Immigrant officials tried to discourage the settling of Black populations by using propaganda. They wouldn't respond to inquiries about the process of moving to Canada by Black people. They sent pamphlets around Black communities that shared a negative view on Canada, asking Black community leaders to dissuade their people from trying to travel. Black people were forced to show documentation before traveling to Canada to prove that they had all the necessary paperwork, which was extremely difficult, if not impossible, to get. Mind you, this was all in response to the interest of a few hundred Black people to immigrate to Canada not thousands. The fear was that a few black people would lead to more black people, and this would dissuade white people from coming at all. And this is what Canada did not want. 
1911, Frank Oliver, who was the Canadian Interior Minister and a member of Parliament in Edmonton at the time, recommended an ordering council to ban, quote-unquote, any immigrant belonging to the Negro race. The order was adopted on August 12, 1911, and signed by then-Prime Minister Wilfrid Laurier. It wasn't officially legislated or included in the Immigration Act, and was cancelled on October 5, 1911. Governments, following Wilfrid Laurier's, started to reframe their immigration policies over the years, but it always had a discriminatory perspective and lens. There were people from preferred races who Canada was happy to have immigrate to the land, but there was also people of non-preferred races that they did everything in their power to block from entering this country. This isn't something that's a part of our collective consciousness or narrative. This is an aspect of history we don't like to talk about. And there are other immigration acts specifically towards people of other races that I'm not going to go into now, such as the Chinese Immigration Act of 1923, the Immigration Act of 1952, and others. It wasn't until the 1960s and 70s that immigration started to open up, and this was largely in part of the activist work of communities of color, which we'll discuss more of tomorrow. So join us tomorrow for part two of Canada's immigration policies.